check, check, check one. All right. Well, good to see you all tonight. Let's slide this up a little bit. You guys want to pray with me here? Father, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you for your written word. And God, we ask that you would begin to speak to us tonight, that by the Holy Spirit, you would minister your word forth into our hearts. God, we just open up our hearts to you. God, we believe that you can do anything, God, in any meeting, wherever we may go. God, that you are always willing and ready to move. So God, I just pray tonight humbly that you would come flying in on the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I leave this Saturday for Iraq, so be praying for me. I really don't know what to expect or anything, um, but I'm super excited and just believing God's going to do something special. We're going to jump in with the House of Prayer, the Mesopotamia House of Prayer, and just help bring some manpower to that. We're hoping, too, that we can jump in because there are seven hours ahead. We can just jump in on the night shifts and not have to worry about time change and all that stuff. So um, it'll be good. I'm excited. If you guys want to open up to James chapter 5, I'm a little, my group's a little further ahead than, than Barry's, so you guys will have to maybe hear something similar again, or he could just clean up all my messes I make tonight. We'll put it that way, James chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 13. Everybody doing okay? Is there any faith in the room? Just a little bit, okay. We're going to pray for just an increase. Looking at James chapter 5, we're going to read verses uh, 13 through 18. James 5, 13 through 18. He says, If is anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruits. <clears throat> so in these verses here, in all uh, five of these verses, 13 through 18, prayer is mentioned in every single verse. And so tonight... I just want to kind of put some attention um, on our prayer life and um, with the Lord. So we see in these scriptures, <clears throat> there's prayer in the context of your personal prayer life. Verse 13, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Notice he does not say, let him call for someone else to pray for him. So the suffering, though, this suffering is just not physical sickness, although it, it may may be that, but suffering here, he's talking about those who are going through struggles, those who maybe are going through trials, those who are going through testing, those who are going through a wilderness season, 
James would declare to you, let yourself pray for yourself. He's calling us to walk in perseverance for our own, our own walk with God, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I know growing up and after becoming a Christian, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to do. I just would read God's word and, and talk to him and just whatever kind of happened, happened. Um, but there's a different kind of faith that we'll, we'll get into here, here briefly that James begins to talk about. He goes on to say, if anyone's cheerful, let him sing a song. Let them rejoice. Verse 14, if anyone's sick among you, anyone here needs physical healing tonight? One, couple of them. Anyone else? Raise your hand high. Okay, we got one elder here tonight, so we're going to call on. We're going to trust James. No. So he says this. So he says, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sin, he will be forgiven. So I believe in Scripture. I believe someone who is sick, who's laying in bed at their deathbed, to call for the elders to come and pray for them, lay hands on them that they would be healed. But what if there's no elders around? What if there's no one there to come to your side? And so James in this scripture, he gets more specific. So yes, he calls for elders to come and lay hands and pray for you. But the reason he calls for the elders, as you see in verse 15, the reason he calls for elders is because they pray the prayer of faith. He says the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up. He doesn't say their prayer will raise you up. Their, their prayer will make you well. He says the prayer of faith. And so tonight I want to, to hone in on that, the prayer of faith. And what does that look like? So prayer is mentioned in every verse, 13 through 18. In the life of a believer, prayer is integral. We see prayer in the context of the personal life. We see prayer in the context of our leaders praying for us. We see prayer in the context of praying for one another. But prayer is not the goal. Prayer mixed with faith is the goal. James calls this the prayer of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews 11. And so as I, this week, as I'm, I'm just seeking out the Lord and asking for his heart and asking for what what is he what does this prayer of faith look like and and he just began to take me back to my on my journey in my prayer life and my walk with the lord and um i would say probably the past maybe month or so i've just been in a season where um may, may more so after this conference where the lord kind of awakened my prayer life just to be honest with you guys i was in the place of prayer i was i was being disciplined to be there but my heart was like here lord all right when can i get out of here i'm ready to move on is that just me or are you guys super spiritual more spiritual than me so i'm 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 wrestling and i'm like lord i just need a jolt i just need some help in the place of prayer and so the conference came um uh what that was what last month and um and i feel like the lord just kind of breathed on me once again and he took me to matthew 6 
And I'm just sharing just some of my personal journey here in the place of prayer just to encourage some of us. I, I believe the Lord tonight wants us to begin to pray with faith. We do a lot of praying around here, but are we praying with faith? Are we waiting and looking for results? Or are we just saying things and we walk away and the Lord's good. I guess he'll do it anyways. But we need to begin to pray with faith. And so the Lord takes me to Matthew 6 and Jesus says this. Jesus says, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And so I go about my days, God, where are you? I want to sense your presence. I want to connect with you. Jesus says, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And then it goes on to say, and your Father who sees. Your father who sees. So where is the father at? He's in the secret place. Where does he see into the secret place? And I, I agree, yes, he's everywhere. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. But Jesus says, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees. So I, the past couple weeks, I've just been on th that phrase right there. I've just been sitting on it, just waiting on the Lord. And so now when I go in the secret place, I'm thinking, Lord, your eyes are right here in this room. You're with me wherever I go. But whenever I open the door to our spare bedroom, your eyes have been burning on that place. And honestly, it's been, it's encouraged me greatly to just, my heart fresh and just loving and longing to be in the, in the secret place with him. And then he takes me to Psalm 91. I know we know, all know this verse, but he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So he who dwells in the secret place, and who does the secret place belong to? According to Psalm 91, verse 1, the Most High. That is his place he has chosen to look upon and to breathe upon. And then it goes on to say, and he shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And the Lord just began to reveal to me how intimate our secret place is with the Lord and how he breathes on that place and his presence is in that place and there's encounters in that place, the secret place with him. And then as I was um, just kind of meditating on these scriptures, he spoke to me and he said, Brandon, do you do you know that the secret place is only a shadow of what is to come? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. So in your secret place with the Lord, that's only a shadow. So my shadow is right there. That's not even the real me. I mean, I, I sense God's tangible presence in the secret place, but he told me, Brennan, that's only a shadow of what is to come. And so that has drawn me into the secret place. It's drawn me back to the Psalm 27, 4, the one thing I desire of the Lord, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold his beauty. So if you've been struggling in the place of prayer, your secret place, it's time to get back in there.
And I know I feel like part of my, my call in coming back to Lakeland and Heart of the Father is that I really want to encourage and reach out to those who are, are struggling and who are behind the flock. I know we come in here, and a lot of times I think most of us were in, in a good, solid place, but I know not everyone is okay. We come in here, yes, are you praying, brother? Yes, I'm praying, but if we were to tally up the minutes or the hours, be very few. I was listening to Isaiah Saldivar preach a message, and he said that if he, he looked up the stats and he had the numbers, and it was crazy. He said the average Christian uh, prays uh, 90 minutes a week. Ninety minutes a week. And he says if you tally that up over your lifespan, he's like he had some number, some figure for that. I think it was around 300,000 minutes. And then he said, and I'll be serious, he said the average Christian, if you tally up at the end of his life how many hours he sits on the toilet, it's more than the 90 minutes a week. And I'm wondering, how did he tally up and why would he want to tally up? But, but, he, but he, he's, proving, he's proving the point. We're spending more time on the toilet seat than we are even in the, the secret place with the Lord. There's the word of the Lord. Pray on the toilet. Come on, touch us, Lord. So, <laughs> yeah, come on. So we're talking about praying the prayer of faith. Um, but before we even begin to dive into that, I want to uh, I have a handout here. If I could get a couple guys to, uh, or gals, or have a handout here. So in my group, I usually have a handout for us most of the time. I try to... Uh, just pass something out that you can always take home with you. We're going to look at here. So we want to pray, we want to pray the prayers of faith in our walk with the Lord. But there are hindrances to our prayer. Is everyone getting one so far? I got one here. You may, if you're married, if you could just uh, maybe share one, that would be good. Here's one more. If you don't have one, raise your hand, please. You got some more. Okay, so we're looking at hindrances to our prayers. So I was looking in the scriptures this week, and there may be one or, or two you can add to this list, but I believe this is a, um, these are scriptural reasons that our prayers can be hindered, uh, hindered or not answered. And so these hindrances are things in our life 
that cause God to not hear our prayers or cause the answer to our prayer to be delayed. Reason number one, God does not hear the prayer of sinners or non-believers. Proverbs 15, 29. Now, when I say that their prayers, I'm saying if they say they have a devotional life with Jesus, yet they not, have not given their life to him, he does not hear. Those aren't my words. Those are his words. If they're crying out for salvation and they want him, it's a different story. But he says here, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. It's Proverbs. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Gospel of John. Number two. Believers who walk in disobedience to his commandments or who are not repenting for their sin. Proverbs also says, one who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Psalm 66, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. I know for me, I got some personal testimony in my early stages walking with the Lord. And some of you are, <laughs> are probably familiar with this, but you ever had sin in your life and you just kind of put it off to the side. It's not a big deal. And you just, Lord, I just want to read your word and spend time with you. And you begin to read his word about something completely different from your sin. But as you're reading, all you can think about is your sin. And that's all he brings to remembrance. Even as you're reading, you're like, God, that has nothing to do with my sin, but I just can't shake this thing off of me. We have to praise God for that. That's the Holy Spirit bringing to remembrance some of these things we're walking in. He's done that to me in my past, and even today sometimes. If I'm, I'm doing something the wrong way, he will, Brandon, I will not leave you. I will not budge until you get this right. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, doubt or unbelief. This will hinder our prayers. This is probably most common Jesus says, Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Doubt. But let him, James says, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. I think one of the primary reasons why we doubt is because we focus on what we see in the natural. If we see the Lord and who he is, and we know his character and his nature, and then we look at our situation, but then we look back at the Lord, and we keep our eyes on him, we won't doubt. Number four, lack of perseverance, persistence. I know in our house of prayer here, we're, we're hammering at this. Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray, not lose heart. And the parable was about the woman going to the judge, and the judge said, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Matthew 26, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. 
How's your perseverance in the place of prayer? There's this old phrase back in the day. They would say, they called it praying until. So how long do I pray? Pray until. How many of us are familiar with that? Praying until. You're at the altar. How long? Until. So lack of perseverance will hinder our prayers. We give up. The Lord will just, he'll watch until we get back in the game. Number five, empty words or rambling words. The Pharisees are really good at this. He says in Matthew 6, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. How many of you in here just begin to pray sometimes, and then you're like, "Why am I? what am I saying? I don't even mean what I'm saying. And you just start all over again. Start all over if you need to. Psalm 145, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So our words in the place of prayer need to be based on truth. Number six, on the backside. Self-seeking and selfishness will hinder our prayers. James talks about this. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. First John, this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to his will, not ours, he hears us. Luke 22, Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your wills be done. So seeking first the kingdom of God. Number seven, not praying in Jesus' name. Jesus says, talks about this in John 14. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He says later on in John, surely I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Some of you may ask, well, why is it important to pray in Jesus' name? Well, I, I think of with the rise of Islam, they believe in God and they they would say Jesus was a prophet. He wouldn't say he's the Messiah. I think it's very important that you make it clear. Jesus is God. I pray to him. You, a Muslim says they pray to God, but I pray to Jesus who is God, making it very clear that he is God, that he will do it, that he will get the glory. Eight, pride. Jesus tells a story in Luke 18. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed this, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector, but I fast twice a week. I tithe all of that I possess. The tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. 
Matthew 6, he says, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Here's what Jesus does in Hebrews 5. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers, supplications. He was heard because of his reverence. There was fear of the Lord. There was humility. And number nine, mistreating your wife or stifled relationships. So Peter talks about this. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Those aren't my words. Those are the words of the Holy Spirit breathed through Peter. Stifled relationships. Matthew 5, Jesus says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, the altar was a place of bringing your gift, of worship, of prayer, When you bring your gift there and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So feel free to take that home with you. I want to say that the Holy Spirit is faithful to convict us of these things. So anytime you go to pray, you don't have to grab the list and be like, let me go through each one to make sure it's not in my life. You can do that if you would like, but the Holy Spirit is really good at bringing clarity. If you you are in the place of prayer and you see delayed prayer, if you you don't hear the Lord responding, take a look. Okay, so going back to James 5.15, the prayer of faith will save the sick. And it says that the Lord will raise him up. So the prayer of faith is a faith that has a will. I would say the the prayer of faith is praying with expectation and anticipation that you will see the result that God spoke to you, and he will manifest it before your eyes. Praying the prayer of faith, it is praying with anticipation, expectation that you will see the result that God spoke to you, And it will be manifested before your eyes. Andrew Murray says this about the prayer of faith. He says, it is the ear that has heard God say what he will do. And it is the eye seeing him do it. Therefore, where there is true faith, it is impossible for the answer not to come. So I mentioned earlier, we we pray, we'll say some things, we'll walk away. And totally forget what we even prayed. We never gave time to hear the Lord. Lord, what are you saying about this situation? We never gave time to close our eyes. Lord, show me what you are doing in this situation. So the prayer of faith, or another fancy way you can say it, is prophetic prayer. There's a couple, there's, um, I got about three things I want to point out about this prayer of faith. Number one. Prayer of faith or prophetic praying, it starts with receiving a word from the Lord. It starts with receiving a word from the Lord. You can, it can be seen in the Spirit. You can hear the word in your spirit. You can feel a strong impression. You can have a dream. But there is something that comes down from heaven onto you concerning a situation. And so whether you're praying for the salvation of so-and-so or there's some issues in your family or your 
trying to walk with the Lord and you want to fulfill the call on your life, there is a prayer of faith where we can partner with God in his word. We first look to him to see what he is saying. We stand on his word. We stand on what he says. In 1 Kings, um, Elijah and James, he, he takes Elijah as an example. 1 Kings uh, 17, it says this, the very intro story of Elijah. It said, Elijah said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Elijah was a Tishbite. I did a study on a Tishbite, and they, a lot of commentaries said they struggled to even know where a Tishbite came from. So you hear this guy, Elijah, come on the scene, declare the word of the Lord. And it looks like it's Elijah's word. Because he says there will be no rain unless at my word. But there's a small phrase in that verse. In verse 1, it says this. Elijah says, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand. So whom does he stand before? Whom does he stand before? So he has a secret place. So he hears the word of the Lord. And he's banking in. He's cashing in on that word. He just didn't come out of... The, come out of nowhere just on emotion and on excitement and on just thrill. I'm just going to say something and hope it happens. But no, before whom I stand. He stands before the Lord. He hears the word, and that's what he's standing on. We know the scripture, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Second thing, so one is receiving the word of the Lord. Number two is persevering in agreement. persevering in agreement. I think both of these words are important in the place of prayer and in and, and prayers of faith is that we have to persevere with it, we have to stay with it, we have to remain with it, and we have to agree with it. A lot of times when you receive a word from the Lord, usually the exact opposite will happen. To test your faith, to test if you are agreeing with yourself and with your eyes or are you agreeing with what the Lord has said. I remember <clears throat> many times the Lord called me into ministry, and it seemed like I was going the opposite direction. I even applied at Southeastern to get a master's degree. I was there for a couple, I was up there three weeks, and my, my spirit was just not right. I just didn't feel right. And so eventually I was like, okay, Lord, I feel like I need to get out of this. I get, I, I, I get out of it, I withdraw, and I have peace in my spirit again. And the Lord revealed to me, that was me. I, I quit persevering. I wasn't agreeing with this word. I thought I could just kind of take control, take the situation into my hands, and go for it and do what I felt like I needed to do. And then next thing you know, I get a job working insurance, which once again seemed like it was the opposite direction. What does insurance have to do with the gospel? So for some of us young ones in here who feel a strong call to ministry, persevering in agreement. What has the Lord spoken over you? Young and old, what has the Lord said to you about your life? Are you persevering with that word? Are you in agreement with it? Or have you lost sight? What has he said to you this past week? Are you persevering with it? Are you persistent? Are you in agreement with it? Or have you lost sight? One good way to probably test that is, what's your, how's your flesh? Are you in the flesh a lot? probably lost sight of his word, 
probably stop persevering. You get impatient. You get tired. You get weary. God, I'll do it. You're not doing anything. I'll go ahead and move ahead of you. So James 5.17, it says that Elijah, he says he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. So we're talking, he persevered on this word for three years and six months. What's the longest word you've, you've sat on? Persevered with. Remained until. Prayed until. I like to use this phrase, or, or someone said this, and I liked it, but they said to work while you wait. Part of persevering is you're waiting on God, but you must continue to work. So wh- are you working while you're waiting on the Lord to fulfill what he has said? Or do just we just, Lord, I'm just going to lay down and let you do everything. No. You have to participate. 2 Corinthians 6, that we then are workers together with God. It's a partnership. He does his part, you do your part. So we're working together with him. <clears throat> Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I will wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. Elijah was working while he waited. What did he do before it began to rain, rain again? He helped the widow. He raised the boy. He had a battle on Mount Carmel. He was working while he was waiting. Are you working while you are waiting on the Lord? Have you quit? I think some of us in here maybe have quit on some of the promises of God. We're tired. We're weary. Tonight is the call to begin to pray prayers of faith again thinking about people's children. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm learning this with a two-year-old. I've started the motor. We're going. I'm praying prayers of faith. God, do it in her. I can't do it. I'm learning. So what is it in your life the Lord is calling you back to begin to pray for again? Even some of, I, I've been, um, uh, Randy, Randy Horton, a gentleman in our church, <coughs> Jeremiah gave a word a, a months ago about some of the older people and the Lord using them, and he was deeply convicted. He told me, he said, Brandon, he said, there are boxes in me, testimonies in me what the Lord has done, and I've stopped sharing them. I've just kind of given up on them. I've just, they're just sitting in me. And he's telling me he's, he's, he's gotten convicted where he needs to begin to put those things forth and share them to a younger generation. There's still destiny on his life. He's working while he's waiting. This, the third thing I would say is look for the result and give thanks. So we want to look for the results. So how many times did Elijah, he's our example, James gives us, how many times did Elijah go back and look for rain? Seven times. So what does it look like for you to look for the result of what you're persevering in prayer for? We're looking for results. We're giving thanks. Jesus gives us the story of the ten lepers. He heals them. One comes back. Only one gave thanks. He says, were there, t- were there not ten cleansed, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? I know Mama Maria said a couple times, there's nothing worse 
than someone who is ungrateful and unthankful. Someone who just doesn't say you do all these things for them and they just look at you and go about their way. And you just want to hear a thank you. So verse 15, again, the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months, and he prayed again. The heaven, the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And so tonight I want to take, I want to take some time tonight I know James says, call for the elders, but I think even more than that, he's looking for something specific. He's looking for the prayer of faith. Because we could call elders up here and they don't have any faith. Just lay hands and, but we're looking for the prayer of faith. And so usually in my group, we have participation, we have feedback and whatnot. But tonight, what I wanted to do, who, who raised their hand for physical healing? their bodies. Go ahead and stand. The prayer of faith. We can see a result real quick. And sometimes we have to wait for a result. Okay. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, Janet, can you come here? Can you share that testimony of the lady you prayed for? Uh, I think it was your doctor. you to share this. Praying a prayer of faith.
Amen. Amen. You guys can sit down real quick, so we're going to do this. You guys sit down real quick. Who in here has been healed by the Lord? Stand. Stand. The Lord has touched you. I know the Lord, he has, the Lord healed my foot. I had something called plantar fasciitis at the Lakeland Revival. The, I remember they asked, if you need healing anywhere, I was Todd Billy. He's like, where do you need healing? I got to touch it. It was my back and my foot, so I'm standing literally like this, looking like an idiot. But I needed healing. Okay. So there's people in the room who have been healed by the Lord. They can testify that Jesus has healed them. Is there any faith in the room? Come on. Touch us, Lord. But I've heard it said here that you can't have kids pray and not pray. There's a lot of prayer that has to happen. They have to pray right now. And I think it's very important for them to have the faith and a good prayer life. You know, they need to be able to do that. But it's the most holy thing, praying in the Holy Spirit. Faith yes. in prayer. But we're moving in faith and confession. And so what are we putting our faith in? Amen. Okay. Okay, you guys can be seated. Okay, those stand up again if you need healing in your body. Smith Wigglesworth was a man of of great faith, and he had really powerful meetings where the Spirit would move, and they asked him, Smith, what's your secret to seeing the Holy Spirit move? And he said, well, he's like, either the Holy Spirit moves me or I move him. One or the other. He's going to move me to do something or I'm going to move the Holy Spirit. So here's what we want to do. Let's, um, let's begin to gather around those who need healing in their body. I want us to ask them what do they need to be healed. If you feel comfortable sharing that, please tell us what needs to be healed. Pray and then let's look for the result. Ask them, how are you feeling? Can you tell a difference? Now, some things you may not be able to tell right away for whatever reason. But just want to begin to pray in faith. God has healed some of us in this room before, so just begin to pray for them. Ask them whatever needs to be healed. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
thank you, Father. We just speak to these bodies in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be released to minister all over this room. God, your word says in Jeremiah 17, 4, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. Your word says, Jeremiah 33, 6, Behold, I will bring to it health and healing, and I will heal them and reveal to them abundance of prosperity and security. Release your healing anointing, O God. Father, your word says, Isaiah 53, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives our iniquity. Who heals all our disease. Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted, he binds up their wounds. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you sent us out to heal every disease and every affliction, to cast out unclean spirits, to command every unclean spirit to leave these bodies in Jesus' name. The sound of my voice, be gone. Let's check on them and see how there's healing. If there's no healing, it's okay. Be honest. You don't have to fake it. Somebody, yeah. You may not feel it just yet either. Let's ask them, how are they doing? Ask them to test it. Do something they, have, they couldn't do before. They still feel some pain. This is where we persevere a little bit. If there's still pain, there's, it's not fully gone, just pray again. We command full healing in the name of Jesus. Father, your word says the prayer of faith will save. The prayer of faith will raise up. Thank you, Lord. Anybody get healed? Amaryllis. Who else? Anybody else feel like they've been healed? Thank you. 
to the point where I couldn't get it. And then the school that when you come back home, you know, I said, well, what do you need? And I have to continue to hold on to that conviction because he just can't live there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Anybody else receive healing? nightmares or tormenting dreams demonic dreams terror by night. Just the light of your Holy Spirit in the night. Holy Spirit, I ask that you be in the room. No more night terrors. In the name of Jesus. the blood of Jesus blood of Jesus let's release the prayer of faith thank you Lord hallelujah anybody else get healed anybody else test it it's okay to pray again Anybody just feel like they've been going through it and just want need need prayer?
Everybody's good? Okay. Anybody else just feel like they're going through it and just would like someone to pray with them? Mama Jan, can you pray with Can you raise your hand again? She's in the corner here. She's in a good shirt like that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let us hold fast confession of our faith without wavering for he who promised is faithful God we call upon your faithfulness we call upon your strong arm that heals your hand that is outstretched to heal and to bring deliverance to your people Lord we thank you for your son who came to heal who came to save who came to deliver Spirit, would you strengthen your people for the work of the ministry? Would you build confidence and faith and trust in us, Lord? Would you build faith in our hearts to believe you again, to believe all of your promises, to believe all of your word? Father, for those who are wavering, would you establish them on the truth? They would be doers of your word. 